What's up, Salt Company? This is Jordan Howell here, director of Salt Company Cedar Rapids, and I have with me Kyler Gabriel. Hey, guys. And Nicole Hartman. What's up? We are intentionally doing something we don't normally do, which is recording podcast episodes. And the reason is because March 9th, we got snowed out and had a couple important topics that we were really looking forward to covering with you. So, this is a two-part series. We're going to talk about the importance of the local church in this episode, and then our next episode, we are going to talk about mental health. And so before we dig into content, uh, our staff team and student leadership team has been playing a game called Cards Christians Like, and we're going to do a round quick, and we're going to see what card wins. And so, Kyler and Nicole, the clue card that we have is I almost left the church over my irrational fear of blank, and you need to play your card. So choose wisely, and then we will vote as a team, and you cannot choose your own card unless it actually is the best. Mine is the best. I almost left the church over my irrational fear of... When you're ready, I want you to read it out loud. So, all right, Nicole, you go first. I almost left the church over my irrational fear of... Starting a podcast. No! <laughs> That's on there, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I got it. That I is awful. <laughs> I think you win. But mine is, I almost left the church over my irrational fear of fish symbols on cars. Mm. That is weird. Also a good is, Christian yeah. cliche. Yeah. It is. That is good. I almost left the church because of my irrational fear of door-to-door evangelism. Ooh, yeah. Is that irrational fear, or is that maybe rational? I mean, I think I think some people are afraid of it. That's fair. Well, I'm facing my to fears today. All right, so. <laughs> Nicole, I think you win. Let's go. How about getting the card starting a podcast as she is starting? Is this your first podcast? Yeah, never. How about it? Here we are. Here we go. So, Salt Company, we are talking about the importance of the local church, and What I'm going to try not to do is just preach my entire sermon that I had planned for the ninth and make this more of a discussion. So just want to start by kind of talking through our three-part series was called Living on Purpose. And we talked about going nationally. We talked about going globally. But then the question is, like, how do we live on purpose and stay local? And the big idea of the message was really staying on purpose requires a commitment to the local church. And so... We're not saying that you aren't living on mission with God if you don't go nationally or don't go globally, but what we are saying is you cannot live as a sent follower of Jesus if you do not belong to a local church. And so we are going to just talk a little bit about what the local church is, how it's described in scripture, why it's important, what to look for, and how we can take some next steps. And so one of the things that I love in the book of Ephesians is that the local church is actually described in three different, you could say, metaphors. So in Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, uh, it is described as a body. So the body of Christ. Jesus is the head, he is the source, and we as members are connected to him and to one another so that we would grow and function with Jesus under his rule. You see this also in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12. We are one body, many members. But then in Ephesians 2, the church is described as a building or a temple. And as a gathered church, we experience 
this amazing reality that God actually dwells in us and amongst us. So Ephesians 2, 21 and 22. You can see this also in 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5, which calls us living stones. We are being built up with Christ himself as our cornerstone. And by the time you get to Ephesians 5, you see that the church is described as the bride, the bride of Christ. And so we are set apart as a covenant community that gets to experience intimacy with God. It's sweet in the Gospel of John that he um, actually starts to introduce this idea of, you know, Jesus is a bridegroom. And then in Revelation 19, which we are in Revelation at Veritas Church, we get to see the bridegroom and the bride united at the marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation 19. So with these three pictures, it's very evident that we are meant to be a part of community. And actually the word church uh, in its original Hebrew word is ekklesia, which means called out gathering or called out assembly. So we are not just meant to be individual followers of Jesus, but we are meant to be a family of followers of Jesus. And so, Kyler and Nicole, when you think about why is the church important, what comes to mind? Or like if a college student came to you and said, why is the local church important? What would you tell them? Yeah. I mean, one of, like, the harder things for me is, like, leaning into community, but that's also probably the biggest benefit of the local church is that you have the community, whether that's in Salt Company right now or, like, the local church later. There's people that love and care for you, and I think you miss out, like you were saying, like, this is God's family. You miss out on a really big, like, even view of getting to know who God is as a father of this family when you don't lean into the local church, when you don't allow them to love you not just when it's easy for, for me or for you, but when it's when it's hard, when things are going wrong, when you need somebody to kind of like help you remember the gospel and why it's true for your life. That's probably one of the biggest reasons I would say. That's good. Kyler, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's just, I mean, it's helpful to say up front, like it's, it's not in the New Testament at all that you can follow Jesus apart from the church, from being a part of the body. Your, you know, your toe doesn't actually ever say to, your brain, like, I'm going to just try and do my whole day without you. Like, I'd yeah. like to just yeah. see how that goes, see how my life goes as a toe apart right. from the rest of the body. Not so. good. Yeah. And, I mean, at Veritas, within our church family and our connection groups, we talk about living out the one another's of Scripture. And if you look at how many one another's there are in the New Testament, it's like you cannot be obedient to Jesus if you are not actually in a family where you can live out the one another's of God. I, I just want to stick in the Ephesians uh, thread here as we talk about the local church. Ephesians 3.10 says that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Like, as a gathered family of God, we get to put his manifold wisdom on display. And it's sweet to think, you know, I think in, in a really small way, people can see that God is working amongst Salt Company when they see, you know, hordes of college students coming to sit under the banner of Jesus Christ. But we have a lot in common amongst Salt Company. But when you get in a room on Sunday morning, you say there's different ages, there are different races, there's different, you know, socioeconomic statuses. The question is, what do they have in common? And the answer is Jesus. So there's something beautiful about not just belonging to a college ministry, but to a local church. For sure. And I mean, I would say 
to a college student like you should you should belong to a church like way more than you should prioritize and and be a part of a college ministry like make that make that the number one uh, priority for your spiritual journey with Jesus absolutely yeah if you have to choose between a Thursday or a Sunday choose wisely and make it Sunday um, if you had to you know explain to somebody um, I'll tee you up a little bit Ephesians 4 11 and 12 if you had to explain to somebody like why is the local church important for the sake of living out the mission of God what would you say yeah I was even thinking like as you were talking like I've been equipped so much within the local church. I mean, for sure, within Salt Company, too, that was, like, the training ground to know it was important. But then in the local church to know, like, when I have questions, I can not only ask, but, like, I'm going to be challenged in what I know. And there's there's not going to be, like, this stagnant, um, yeah, like, relationship that I have either if that's leading other people, if that's leading myself. Like, I'm going to be equipped to know how to, to take the next step in discipleship and to yeah, not just be content with like being with what I already know, but challenging myself in that with other people around me. That's good. Yeah. I mean, when Paul's talking to the Ephesians here and, and he's saying that he's, Jesus has given the church these, these various gifts in these offices, these roles, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers, he does this. He gives these people to the church to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So we, we all have a, a part to play in the in the mission of God, in the, in the work he's calling us to, to do ministry, to be a light in the darkness. That's good. Yeah. One thing that I was going to say on March 9th was like how, how frequently when I was not working in vocational ministry that I was kind of pouting because I wanted a vocational ministry job and had a man in Cedar Falls by the name of Mike Hambly say, Jordan, here's the deal. Are you a saint? You know? And I said, well, because of what Jesus has done for me, yes, uh, he said, then you are in full-time ministry. Stop mm-hmm. talking about it and start doing it. Mm-hmm. And that was That's the punch great. to the gut that I needed to be like, man, why am I not just going to work and making that a mission field rather than just sitting here talking about wanting to do ministry? So if you belong to a local church, which you should, the, the staff members present are actually there to equip you to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is our job. And then we also, as saints, do ministry alongside you, not because it's our job, but because we follow Jesus. And so let's get practical and say, you know, to the college student, maybe who's living in Cedar Rapids, but maybe who's getting ready to graduate and move, maybe to a small town, maybe to a major metropolitan area, maybe to another college campus for grad school. Is Cedar Rapids a major metropolitan area? Yes, in your dude. Co College Co okay. College yeah. tells me that it's one okay. of the greatest college towns in all of the nation. So, dude, Cedar Rapids, don't sleep on us. What should college students look for in a local church? Yeah. I think um one of the first things that comes to mind is like what are they talking about, right? Like if they're not opening the Bible, that's a major red flag, which is hopefully pretty obvious. But even if they are opening the Bible, like how are they working through texts? Are they picking topics? Are they going through books? Um, yeah, to, to not like use the word of God to reaffirm what you kind of want to do, but to use the word of God to shape what you should do is one of the things I would kind of look out for the most and make sure it's like sound biblical teaching. Um, yeah, that's good. And I think, I mean, one thing that is maybe helpful too is don't, 
look for a church that just has a lot of different things going on necessarily, but look for look for some bread and butter things like ministries that are about equipping you, that are about helping you grow in your maturity in following Jesus and, and sending you to just be uh, a missionary, whatever God's calling you to be, whether that's across the hall in your dorm or um, in your workplace. But I think as a college student, it's like, it's totally okay to look for a church that that really wants to help you reach your campus. And that's what I'm, I mean, I'm thankful for in Veritas and in, in many, all the churches in the Salt Network and, and others as well in the country right now that are, are seeing college students reach college students best. So how do we equip them to do this? That's good. Yeah, as you just keep reading in Ephesians 4, it says, uh, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of faith and of knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. There's this like, hey, we need to be like equipped and trained in doctrine. And also we need to be equipped, not just to know good things about God, but to live on mission with God. Um, One thing that I've done with guys within our college ministry before is like, hey, go look for a local church. If you were going to move to this city, hop on, you know, Google or you know, use your smartphone, spend 15 minutes, tell me what church you would go to and why. And I think one section that's maybe hard to gauge just from an online presence, but you can at least start to get a feel for is who are the leaders of the church? Because something that I think Jake had told me when I moved to Cedar Rapids, he's like, one of the questions we should be asking when we look for a church is, if I became like the leader, would I like where I end up? Mm. You know, so Hebrews 13, verses 7 and 17, you know, verse 7, remember your leaders, you know, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. And in verse 17, there's this charge to like, obey and submit to your leaders for they're keeping watch over your soul. So even maybe it's looking on a church's website and looking at their leadership team and reading a bio. Um, Maybe it's listening to a pastor preach a sermon and hear if he is gentle or domineering and how he speaks. Um, but say students went to a website, what other things should they be looking for on a church's website? Yeah, I think a website is a great place to start. I mean, even just if you got time, listen to a sermon or two. You don't need to be hypercritical. You're, you're getting a small sample size in that, but listen to some sermons. Um, try and read through their statement of faith and see, do these things like actually... Um, you know, say what the scripture's saying. Are they, are they saying things that I believe in personally? There's, there's some matters that aren't like closed handed. These are people who are in the kingdom of God or not, but there are things that matter. And we'd, we'd honestly love to talk to you more about that too. If you have questions about trying to find a church in a new place that you're moving to, grab a staffer or even your connection group leader. For sure. Anything else you would have them look for? Nicole? I mean, like we have kind of said, like connections, community it's so important and so that's not something you can necessarily like feel when you're not there but to know like okay in salt company hopefully you've experienced a small group that's intentional that confesses sin that 
asks you hard questions and so when you go like to look for something similar where is a context where there's going to be people to challenge me where we can talk about like what you're learning those kind of a thing um just so it's not like you go you consume and then you leave and you like hopefully glean something from the morning you know but there's like a service aspect where um yeah you're being challenged you're talking to somebody about what's going on at the church other than just maybe your friends that are going with you for sure that's good yeah, a couple of resources that we would love to just speak to are uh, the Gospel Coalition Church Directory. Um, so if you just typed in TGC Church Directory on Google, you'd find it, or Nine Marks. Um, so the number nine, the word marks, Church Directory. Um, and you type in the city where you might be moving to. That can at least maybe get you started. Hopefully there's a lot of options that you can begin to look at their websites and maybe narrow your search to a few churches worth looking into, but I'm from small town Iowa. Uh, my hometown has 1,800 people, and if you were to pull up one of those directories, I don't know if you would find a single church. And so say there's somebody moving home to small town Iowa, like Barnum, Iowa, and you have no idea where Barnum is. But I don't know yeah, what it is. What advice so. would you give to somebody who like is moving to small town Iowa, and maybe there's not a church that's like, what we, by the grace of God, get to experience in Cedar Rapids, what advice would you give them? Mm, yeah. I mean, I've never lived in a small, small town, Iowa. Mount Vernon's sort of small, but I drove to Cedar Rapids to, yeah. to a great church. So I think, first, you might need to just be, like, real with the fact that you might need to drive a little ways to find a, a faithful church. It might not even be a church that really has a prioritization of the next generation, things like that, but in order to even find a Bible-preaching church, you might need to drive 20, 30 minutes um, you might need to, yeah, begin to look in the next town over. Ask your ask your grandma, where do you go to church, grandma? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, grandma. Anything else you can think of, Nicole? No, I think that's great. And to remember, like, okay, what's a preference and what's actually, like, biblically important? That's good. Like, yeah, you may prefer a worship style. You may prefer um, a certain type of preaching. But, like, at the end of the day, like Kyler said, as long as the Word of God is being preached in its appropriate context— um, in which it was written, like, yeah, that's, that's what's most important, having community to, you know, pour into your life and ask you hard questions. That's what's important. It may not look how it always has, and that's okay, and you might just have to temper some expectations, but yeah, focus on what's actually important, not just what your preference is. That's good. Yeah, don't settle for, I mean, if you're going to a small town that you're like, oh, the drive to a real faithful church is far, don't settle for just watching church online mm, at some place that you would rather be at, be in a community no matter what, even if they sing hymns and it's mostly grandmas and grandpas there, be a hey, part of that old church. people are great. They yeah. are great. I'm not dissing on them. <laughs> Nicole loves old people. I mean, wise people, well-seasoned people. Um, yeah, but I think one, one thing that maybe we just get wrong in our culture is we live in a consumer culture, so people frequently go to church and say, what can I get out of it? And we're not thinking, what can I contribute to the body of Christ? And so I just think if I were to move home, in some ways, I would feel like I'm taking a step backwards in terms of a health of a local church that I'm a part of. But the reality might be, I have something to offer them. Mm -hmm. Like I've seen community lived out in a way that maybe they've never seen before. And so the question is not, how can I drive farther to go to a, uh, you know, maybe 
better church based on preferences, but what can I offer to this church that's been really faithful, but might just not know what they're missing out on? So if that's you, you know, you might go through a harder season um, because you're going to do a lot of pouring out. Would just encourage you find people that can continue to invest in you as you invest in the local church. But let's get uh, more practical of like, hey, students hit stop on this podcast. It's over. What action steps should they start taking like right now this week to begin to say, man, I want to grow in my commitment to the local church? Yeah, you might, I mean, first need to just say, like, I need to start going to church on a Sunday. So that, I mean, that could look like joining us here at Veritas Sunday mornings or or going to another Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church uh, that loves Jesus here in Cedar Rapids. And I would say even just, it's small, but, like, go and introduce yourself to one person and just get to know their story. I'm sure they'll ask you about yours, and you'll find yourself making making a new friend. Yeah, one thing that I, um, it was a requirement on leadership when I was there, um, with Salt Company here in Cedar Rapids, and I actually loved it because we um, had to serve in some capacity on a Sunday morning, and I met so many people that I would not have met if I hadn't been serving in a kid's classroom was what I chose, and so even just doing something as simple as that, like I know the weeks are busy, and it seems like there's not enough time for everything, but man, the joy that I found in getting to witness children experience the gospel in such a simplistic way like was so good for my heart that they were teaching me sometimes more than I felt like I was even teaching them and so yeah getting to meet volunteers getting to meet kids that that made me feel more like I was a part of a local church and not just like part of salt company um that is attached to a local church for sure yeah that's good I know we've told members like an expectation is attend a service serve a service you know like make Sunday morning more than a one-hour commitment. And with that, I think our longing for community, and even college students, how many students I've talked to that are like, man, I just want to know more people that are in a stage or season of life ahead of me. Serving is a great context where you can just meet different people that aren't coming to Salt Company. So serving alongside a 37-year-old mom of four, serving alongside a 70-year-old woman that has adult children, like you get to make more connections and who knows, you may end up getting a free meal out of it too because they'll invite you over to their house. So um, I think those are really practical ways that you can take a step of obedience within the next week or two, you know, commit to showing up, look at what it could look like to serve. And then one thing that we would just challenge you to do as you grow up into the church and Lord willing, leave Salt Company because you are in a different stage and season of life. We'll make you leave. If not, we'll kick you out. Um, Is to consider commitment to the local church through membership, which, as Kyler said earlier, if you have questions about church membership, we would love to talk more with you about that. Um, But that's what we have for you, Salt Company. Hopefully this is a good conversation starter, can prompt a few things in your own heart and maybe in conversation with those in your connection group. And we will be back soon with a podcast on mental health. Thanks for joining us. See you. Bye.